you should have an accountant that you trust that's giving you a reason behind why they've recommended something, right? A lot of people just be like, you should start an LLC. Why? You should start an S Corp. Why? You should start a C Corp. Why? You should have a trust on this. Why? Yeah. If they can't answer those questions, they're saying you just need to because... The following audio is the expressed opinions of the hosts and guests and do not reflect investment advice or recommendations of any kind. All funny jokes or just jokes, so don't get it twisted. All right, all right. So we have a special guest today with us, and it is going to be an exciting uh, podcast where we get to break down a ton of things that I think I know. And then I watch this person's videos and I realize I know nothing and I just need to get educated. So this is going to be a very special hour where we get to go through a lot of questions and then figure out what it is exactly on how you can figure things out in terms of starting an LLC. What are even business write-offs? What makes sense? What's tax fraud? (laughs) So don't do that. And then a million other things. But on today's awesome podcast, we've got Nick. uh, Can I give you a last thing? Nick Crop and then Nick Crop, the CPA on TikTok and Instagram, all that. Is that the correct handle for you? CPA, Nick, the CPA. Nick the CPA. Nick the CPA. Don't get, don't get fooled when you see how jacked he is. He's not a he's not a influencer. <laughs> yeah. Can we start there, Nick? Can you start like, hey, you've got two kids. You're a very successful entrepreneur and have your own business and have a ton of followers on social media. Why do you have to be jacked? Why do you have to wear awesome tank tops and like uh, all small angles here? Well, it's to keep everyone humble uh, when they come oh, on my page. <laughs> oh. uh, no, so I, I actually, so I have a sports bag. I played like college basketball, things like that. So I like athletics. I grew up in the gym. I was like kind of a chubby kid. And so uh, my whole life was getting away from being a chubby kid and trying to be fit, get abs eventually. And eventually it happened. And I was like, okay, can't lose this. Can't lose it completely. Okay. The abs are... Whatever. It doesn't matter. As long as the arms looks good and stuff like that, you can intimidate people. Now I have two daughters, right? Like you mentioned, I got kids. So I got to make sure that I'm intimidating enough to other people as they grow older. Exactly. Right. And my wife doesn't have to try and she's attractive. So I got to, I got to at least keep myself, you know, up here. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure, sure you know how that, that goes. Um, But no, I just, I have a passion for fitness lifting. I actually got my certified personal trainer license. Back when I was like no eighteen or so, yep. Um, just never did anything with it because we we used to own a gym. My family used to own a gym, and we we're like maybe I was gonna do something with that when I graduated. Just never panned out because uh, we sold the gym, and then we went into real estate instead. So you know, I just had it, never really used it. Kept it for like I don't know six years or something like that, and it was helpful. Uh, helped me uh, learn a lot about gym. I'm not. I'm so far outside. It's been probably eight years since I let that lapse at this point in time. But, you know, I have it. It's a, it's a yeah. How See, tall are you? You played college basketball? Yeah, I played college. I played D3 college basketball. So oh. that meant I had to try really hard because I am 5'10 and I can shoot. So, I mean, that's that's basically what I had going for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. Where did yeah. you play ball? Where did you go to school? So I went to a really small school in Minnesota called Crown College. It's uh, it's like an hour outside the Twin Cities in uh, St. Bonifacius, Minnesota. Uh, when you play D3, the schools do not find you. You go find the schools. And so I looked at uh, Minnesota, Michigan, Tennessee, uh, some schools like in those areas. And also I'm, I'm limited too because uh, I was looking for Christian schools that were within my, uh, you know, doctrine within within the uh the actual beliefs i had so it narrowed things down a lot but i found a great school my brother came and played with me i have an older brother um and he was playing at a d2 school in michigan before that and he came over and played with me uh over at uh, crown then my cousin eventually came up it was fun it was a good time met my wife up there brought her back down there there well because we're not staying in minnesota that's ridiculous oh heck (laughs) no no no, no. All right. So the best in you know return on investment came from meeting the misses. Oh, absolutely. There you go. Yeah. You called it basketball and then you fell in love. That's perfect. Exactly. Okay, well then then now we need to know about the third love. So you fell in love with basketball, fell in love with the wife, then you did the crazy thing and fell in love with the tax code. Absolutely. What, to, what <laughs> how did you become a CPA? So, you know, what's really funny is so I went to school for a business administration degree, right? So that's what I went to school for. 
we actually, uh, my brother and my dad owned some Remaxes, uh, owned a, well, owned a Remax franchise and we bought a second one a little later or created a second one later, but they owned a Remax franchise and they had a mortgage company. So my plan was just to come back in some capacity, either in the mortgage company or the real estate company. I got my real estate license in college and that's what I was coming back to do because my dad told me, don't become an accountant. He's been a CPA for about 30 years. He was like, you don't want to become an accountant. That's not, mm, you're not going to like that. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, so I came back, we had the Remax, I kind of like managed that. So I was like a, a manager for that. Plus I became a realtor and that I went out and sold properties, things like that. And, uh, did all the backend management. So I was also doing some accounting at that point in time too. I was doing like books, records for our property management companies. And then as, as well as the Remax, cutting checks for people, kind of learning the inside out. And then we also have, uh, a gun range out here in Maryland as well, uh, called the machine gun nest. And, uh, I was just running those backend books as well. So it's just like learning a lot, uh, on the uh, accounting side. And over the years, I just, you know, I, I didn't love real estate, it made me good money, but it, I didn't, I didn't love it. I don't really love the uh, sales side of things. I don't, I don't like having to be always on like you were with uh, real estate and then also you have to deal with realtors all the time, which is not my favorite pastime. And so I wanted to find something else that I could do. So I started looking into bookkeeping company. That's where we we're going to look to start up. And then my dad eventually was like, you know what? You only need a few more classes to be eligible for the CPA. And you know, why, why not just start instead of the bookkeeping company? Let's just start an accounting firm up. We'll start that back up again because he hadn't been doing his accounting firm for a while. He had sold that a while ago, had the mortgage company, had a property flipping company own a gluten-free restaurant, a gym. He's a serial entrepreneur himself. And so that's where I get a lot of my my passion for business. And I was like, all right, sounds good. So I went back, I got, uh, I had eight more undergrad classes to do to get to the 150 credits I needed to be uh, eligible to sit for the CPA exam. Did that about, did that about six months with uh, Western Governors University, which is an online university where you can basically take it at your own pace. And I was able to get all eight classes in those six months. It was it was sweet. It was only like 3500 bucks for that. It's accredited school. So if you're ever looking for the future of schooling, I think that's kind of it, and especially then, for online. Yeah. I need to pause you there so that you know my wife is a national celebrity on the SNHU commercials. Ooh, nice. We all about it. If you see it, a little blonde girl on the SNHU commercials, she's all over the country. So I Spe- get it. Speaking of SNHU, my wife is actually a uh, professor for SNHU classes and really? marketing. Yeah. Down in here. That's a while. Right. So just just doing all that. My my wife actually has the masters, so she's technically smarter than me. That's what she tells me. Uh so yeah, it's fair. Um you got into it. It's just how it is. Yeah. But uh eventually got got my uh undergrad, uh started work on the CPA. We started up this the, the uh CPA firm. And then, you know, it was just kind of history from there. Like I I finished out my CPA in 2021. And the reason why I started doing the TikToks, because that's kind of what led into that, obviously, was I started saying, hey, you know, we need to make sure that we're on social media as we're trying to build up the practice again. I was like, hey, we need to make sure we're on social media. I know we could do these off the cuff kind of videos and I'll, I'll post them on like Facebook, things like that, just so our sphere of influence knows that I'm, uh, you know, doing accounting and kind of like what I can provide and things like that. And I, I actually... Uh, when I was I was doing a uh, coaching, I was doing a camp for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, I do that every summer, and uh, I'm a basketball coach there. And one of the other basketball coaches had like a million followers. He had like 800,000 followers on uh, TikTok, and I was like, dang, that's pretty sweet. And after that camp, I was like, you know what? I'm going to commit. I'm going to put it until the end of the year. It was, it was in July. I was like, I'm going to give it five months. And just come every day I'm going to post. I'm going to do the consistent thing on TikTok. I'm just going to post videos, do as best I can, see what I can do. Can I get to 10,000 followers? That was my goal by the end of the year. And I just started posting. I was like, you know what? People, there's a real gap in, in, in what is legitimately able to be done. And I just want to fill in the nuance that's always missing in all these videos. Like, why don't I just, instead of me trying to comment and you're never going to find your way in the comments. So I was like, I can just post some stuff, try and see if I can garner enough uh, traction so that people can like see what's what's reality in the tax code and after five months i actually did get to 10k uh at the end of 2021 got to got to the 10k i was like okay i mean this clearly is working i started picking up a lot of leads from there and it was very successful even before i reached the 10k uh and then throughout that next year i got to 40k now i'm up to 80k this year and it's just been 
it's been crazy. The uh, number of people that resonate with just, I, I obviously didn't grow that fast. You know, a lot of people surpassed me. A lot of people that are like, I saw they followed me and they had like a few thousand followers. They had a hundred thousand within a couple months, but I never really got there. I never really had that steamroll of followers because I was just like, I just want to post the content that I believe I should post about these things, even if it slows my growth, because those are the people that I want to be reaching out to me. Those are the people I want to be dealing with are people that resonate with this type of, you know, thinking and stuff like that. I want everyone to save money in taxes, but I want people to understand how these things actually work. So that nuance, that context will always make my videos a little bit too long to, you know, go viral every time. It's going to make them just a little bit too long to hold everyone's attention. But the people's attention that it does hold, I was like, those are the people I want to talk to anyways. And so, you know, I just kept at it and God has blessed me with a great success on there. So I, I couldn't be more blessed by that. Like, uh, it is definitely a, a proud thing that I've been able to do, but I try and, you know, not take for granted, uh, what, what I have there. So it's been great. I love it, man. I I love it. And your videos, you know, you pretty humble with what you're describing right now, but your growth is awesome. like you're, you're yeah, you tens and tens of thousands. I think you're close to 200,000 right now, which is awesome. Um, to see kind of that rapid <laughs> kind of trajectory, but <laughs> You, you said it in a good way where I have noticed every single video that I've watched of yours where it, it's funny. You're not the get rich, get quick, uh, quick guy. You're the guy that's like, Hey, you know, maybe this isn't the best idea for a tax write off. Maybe you're not supposed to do these things. You're not sitting on these podcasts and, you know, a shirt, three sizes, too small, leaning forward into the mic, giving every single system on like how you feel like you should buy 16 cars for your company because you could write them all off. Right. And I think that type of honesty is profound and you don't see it on TikTok. You don't see it anywhere on social nah. media. And but I think really, that, yeah, the quality over quantity right there is pretty good. And just the value given, man, I, I just have to commend you right off the top. There was something so niche in the value given in your little video series, the most recent one that you did about S-Corps about whenever you file as an S-Corp, you might be saving X amount on the FICA taxes, but there's the offset of what you get from business deduction and also what you have to now spend in order to make sure you're keeping a good track of books and records. Mm -hmm. Nobody goes that deep, man. Nobody. And I was, it's awesome. It was awesome. Right. I, I see. Oh, I appreciate that. And those are the things I go through with my clients too, because that's what's most important. I always tell people like, I'm not going to recommend something if, financially you're worse off from it, right? Because yeah. I, I want to look at things monetarily. Like, what's the money that you're actually keeping in your pocket? Because it's more than just the write-offs, right? Like, you keeping, you getting a 30 cent dollar, 30 cent deduction on the dollar is not as good as you keeping 70 cents on the dollar, right? So let's make sure we're, we're orienting our strategy based on the fact that I want more of your money in your pocket. And if that's going to be staying the way you are, or if that's going to be, you know, a lower cost solution than like, hey, maybe you're not ready for my bookkeeping service yet, right? Maybe maybe that's too expensive. Then then stay with you doing it. It's going to be some extra time until your time is more valuable that you need it. That's when you bring us on. I don't want to push something that's going to monetarily hurt you as you're trying to grow. Because the whole goal is if you want to become wealthy. That's the main thing. Most of the entrepreneurs I work with is like, what's your goal? Your goal is to become wealthy, right? You want to become rich and you want to become wealthy, right? That's what you, that's what you want from your business, right? You, you want it to be something that will provide for you and your family in the future. Well, if everything you do is just based on me writing off as much as I can or getting my income down to zero, you will stay perpetually poor for the rest of your life or you will greatly hinder your ability to increase your wealth because now you your ability to buy those income producing assets in the future, your ability to invest in actual things that will make you money is going to be seriously hindered that it's going to take you decades longer than it should to actually build your wealth. So you'll always be working for your money rather than your money ever working for you. And that's that's the goal of wealth is my money takes care of me instead of me always having to earn each dollar that I need to live on. So but people just people don't want to talk about that. They want they're only thinking about here and now. They're like, okay, what can I deduct right now here, even if at the detriment of me being able to get a loan next year or in two years? And it's only when they start thinking like, oh man, I really need to live in a house. So I guess I'm gonna need to show some income. So they're gonna go through two years of having to pay a lot more in taxes than they they need to because now they can't like they can't write off anything. I'm like, well, that was the decision you made. Now you got to now you got to suffer for 2 years. So, 
have a I have a saying that I that I share all the time, which is, sin is taking short term easy at the expense of long term hard, and mm-hmm. virtue the opposite. And this is the exact scenario where people it's it's almost virtuous. You just pay your taxes today, setting yourself up for a good tomorrow, versus right. what you just said the the exact opposite of take the easy route today, write it off, keep some money in the bank right now this tax season, right. Tomorrow. And then what do you? And then where are they going to do that money? They're just going to spend it. It's like nothing. It's not like you're yeah. not like you're saving this money, and now it's like okay, I'm going to invest it. Not. Yeah. You're just going to spend it. Yeah. It's all going to charity. Yeah, that's why I wanted more for mm-hmm. the tax return for sure, 100. percent Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions, and we can kind of take a conversation. I know we've talked a little bit beforehand on just whatever route you want, but for a lot of listeners and people that we do talk to, um, obviously. Brady and I working in the wealth management space, it will typically be more, I guess, high net worth clients that we have, but anyone from any type of wealth background most likely will have zero clue when it comes to like starting an LLC, right? There's a million different ways to kind of go about it. You can use, you know, Zen business or a thousand things, or you can do what Brady and I did, which is just learn the hard way and figure it out. And then you pay through the state of Texas and then you're set up. But if you don't mind breaking down a lot of what those conversations look like with your clients, like, hey, let's figure out what the business actually is and how we need to set up that LLC and what type of entity that even needs to be, S Corp, C Corp, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like what those questions you ask them, I think you, I mean, it may be taken for granted or I don't know, there might be a lot of listeners that have a lot of tax knowledge, but that'd be awesome to just hear that breakdown. Sure. So what it comes down to also is remembering, okay, what is the point of an LLC? Most people think I want to start a business, so I'm going to open up an LLC. And now I have write-offs open to me. I have these deductions because now I've started a business. People do need, you got to remember an LLC is not you starting a business. Do you have a business that you wish to start? Fantastic. Now the question is, do we want an LLC for that business or not? Because right, the LLC is the legal formation for a business that I have. An LLC definitely, you know, gives credibility to your business and now allows me to open up a separate bank account in the name of the LLC. It can provide separation between me and the assets of that LLC and my, you know, keeping suits against that rather than me personally. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it has those advantages, but people got to remember, what is the point of an LLC? It's to separate me personally, me, Nick Crop, from my business, Nick Crop LLC. All right. And all of, all of its uh, happenings. So when it comes to people setting up an LLC, I usually say, okay, like, do you have, like, what is your business? What are you doing right now? I'm doing consulting. Do you plan to do this for a long time? Is this something that you're just kind of doing right now on the side? Maybe it's going to turn into something, maybe not. Because no deductions are open to you by opening up that LLC. It's the same deductions available to you, whether you are a sole prop or you're a single member LLC. So why pay the state of Texas or the state of Maryland or wherever they are, that $300 a year or whatever it might be, to have an LLC when it's not necessary where you're at right now. You're going to be earning five to 10 grand a year and you're going to get the same deductions. Maybe let's just hold off and just just consult. Just consult under your name until you decide, okay, now it's worth it. I'm actually making some money in this. I, I'm, I'm going to start making this my full-time thing. Or, you know, I, I kind of want to build up credit in an LLC or something like that. If there's a reason there, absolutely. But ultimately what it comes down to when I'm talking with people is, okay, you have a business, you want to make some separation between you and that business. This is definitely something that you're going to be doing, or you're going to be adding partners to this, things like that. Yeah. Let's go ahead and set up an LLC. So that way you have an entity, you have a, you know, a legal formed entity that is separate from you, especially if you want to bring people in. And if you're looking to eventually elect S Corp status or C Corp status, whatever it might be, so that we have this set up and ready to go for you. Right. It also makes life a little bit easier again, because I'm able to set up a separate bank account in the name of that LLC and eventually be able to get a credit card in the name of that LLC, things like that. Like it's gonna, it's gonna allow me to just kind of separate things out for myself. So that's that's typically where I'll start. Is does it make sense to even do it? Does it make sense to be paying money every year for this thing? I know that's not most attorneys' opinions. They're like, you're doing something, set up an LLC. Um, not an attorney, so you can take your legal advice from someone else. But ultimately, when it comes to again, the monetary savings that you're looking for, because that's what most people are thinking about, is like, is there some kind of additional savings from this? No. Um, so if you don't want to, don't, uh, just do what you're comfortable doing right now. If you think this is going to turn into something that is legit, this is a business that you are going to want to continue and setting up an LLC is not a bad idea. So then it comes down to, again, other factors. Do I have partners in this? 
All right, great. Uh, do you guys want to keep it as a partnership? Just the two of you in a multi-member LLC getting K-1s from that partnership, or do you want to set up an S-corporation? Do you want to have non-flexibility of the partnership? You want it to be very stringent that uh, if one person takes distribution, the other one has to by the tax code. You know, sometimes people want rules like that that aren't incumbent on themselves making it. With a partnership, to just two members in an LLC, it'd be very flexible. I yeah. can take a distribution. They cannot take a distribution. You know, they, we could have all the earnings go to one person and not to the other person. Like I can have so much flexibility in there, it actually can be a bit of a problem. Like when you have too much choice, it's almost bad, right? It's like when I give my my daughter the option of five things rather than two things, the five things just inundate her with too many options and she's just, it'll be an hour until I get an answer. Whereas instead I say, how about this one or this one? I will get an answer because choice is one of the hardest things. So with the flexibility of a partnership, it might be that, you know what, I really want more than just our operating agreement to be the predicate for how we do things in the business. The S-Corp gives us that that solidity, even though the tax savings may not be there. And what I mean by that is this, a lot of people say like, hey, you have a business, you should be an S-Corp, you'll save money on taxes. Why? Uh, that's what people ask, like, how am I saving money on taxes with an S-Corporation? It's a good question. And it's, it's all about the FICA tax that you pay, that self-employment tax, Social Security and Medicare tax that you're paying, right? With this S corporation, only what I pay myself on my W 2 is subject to self employment tax, FICA tax. And on the Schedule C, on my sole proprietor, uh, all of the income is subject to self employment tax, all that net income that I earn. So I can, I can play with that number basically. I can play with this 15.3% tax. That's where the tax savings is. But if I'm not at a high enough level of income, of net income on my business, based on the number of expenses I'm going to add on to this, like I have to now pay for a separate entity return. I'm going to have to pay for payroll with an S corporation. I'm going to have to pay for my books and records to be pretty clean. So I may have to pay for a bookkeeper or at least an accountant to review my books every quarter or something like that. So I'm going to have increased costs over this schedule C where I just need to keep track of my income and expenses. Don't have a basis worksheet, nothing like that. So not only is it easier to be on the schedule C, but also it's more expensive to be on the S corp that I need to weigh all of these things. And also I lose a little bit, like we talked about before the show, I lose a little bit of another deduction called QBI. So I have to measure all this. And usually my break-even point for my clients is when you're making about $100,000 of net income, you'll break even in the savings that we're going to have on the S-Corp over the Schedule C. And so unless you're there, I'm not going to I'm not gonna recommend to do that. I mean, I'd make more money if you did, but I don't, I don't care about making money. I want you to keep more money in your pocket. So I'm not going to recommend it because then you'll just be asking me, why am I, why am I going through all this headache to make 20 grand in my business, filing this S corporation. I have to find myself a payroll. What a, what a pain. Yeah. What a pain. That'd be, that'd be the worst. Uh, but mm-hmm. for me, it gives me a higher billing every year. I, I just would never do it for that reason. That just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and so when it comes to the entity election you have, you should have an accountant that you trust that's giving you a reason behind why they've recommended something, right? A lot of people just be like, you should start an LLC. Why? You should start an S corp. Why? You should start a C corp. Why? You should have a trust on this. Why? Yeah. If they can't answer those questions, they're saying you just need to because the protection. Okay. Could I buy insurance that'll give me that same protection that'll be less costly than having you do all these tax returns for me every year? Maybe. You know, like there, if you can't have someone answer those questions for you, then they might not be in your best interest. They might not be wrong, but if they can't explain it to you in a way that you understand, then you probably should get more clarification before you you move forward. It's not even to say they are wrong. Maybe having that trust owned it is a good idea, depending on your situation. Maybe having a partnership owned by the S corporations between you and your partner is the best way to go, right? There are all sorts of maybes. It depends. But never really is there a black and white answer on you should do this or you should not do that. It's usually going to be what's your situation? Now let's walk through all the scenarios that we're talking about here. What partners do we have? What employees do we have? What other things do you have going on in this business? Now we can determine what we should do. And now I have an answer for you, right? So, I mean, when I'm going down the list of things with people, I'm usually going to start with, does a sole prop make more sense? Let's just stick with that. Should we do a single member LLC? Sounds good. We'll just have that for some separation. Should we move over to the S-Corp? Yeah, how much money are you making? You're bringing on a partner? What's going on with with the business itself right now? And then that you just kind of go down each step like that. So that's usually how my process will work with clients when determining what to do when setting up an LLC, not an LLC, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that answered the question. I kind of went on a no, little bit of a... No, no, no. It totally does. Yeah. And I have a follow-up, but Braden, were you about to ask something? 
Uh, no, I was just going to tell him that's, that's an incredible answer. And I love the only note that I had is I love that you have uh sorry guys, I'm grabbing my computer charger, my computer about that. Um, I love that you have an automated response for the break even point whenever somebody should go ahead and declare the escort. She can't go back. Um, but I love that you have that conceptually in your mind. It just shows that you're the entrepreneur CPA, right? The CPA that's actually owned a business before and knows those those values. Uh, other than most CPAs who've never never owned a business before just give you the classic, oh, you should do an escort. Right. But, right. right. So that's all I had, Connor. Next question. No, the next question I had is kind of like a targeted one because you ended at this a second, Nick. It's more, and I'm going to give you praise. You're a great CPA. I haven't used you as a CPA. I'm going to just give you that praise. So here's the free plug. It's great to have you on the show because you're a great CPA. But what makes the difference between a great CPA and a not so great CPA? Because you said, oh, maybe a CPA could, you know, do some extra work and then charge you and then they're kind of just padding their pockets instead of saving yours. But what is that true difference to you? In my opinion. Yeah. And this is not necessarily CPA or not CPA. I do want to get away. I do want to make sure I clarify accountant. They could not be a CPA. One of my partners, one of my partners in my business has been an accountant for 40 plus years. He never got a CPA. He could have gotten his EA. He could have done a bunch of stuff. He just didn't. He's one of the smartest guys I know. So for anyone that's that's listening, CPAs, EAs, accountants, tax preparers, those that prepare your tax return, they could be the smartest person in the world without a CPA designation. doesn't make me any smarter to have it, but it does help having a CPA designation. It does. Three letters does help. It's like having a, an MBA or a master's or something like that. All of those letters, unfortunately, they do help. Uh, they help with perception rather than they do actual well, knowledge. Because I, yeah. I know some very smart accountants. I know some very dumb CPAs. Um, anyways, so <laughs> what, uh, what comes down to, in my opinion, is an accountant should not have at the tip of their tongue, no, and you can't do that. Their answer should generally be, yes, we can do that if we do this. Instead of, no, we can't do that unless we do this. It seems like the same answer, but it's not because they're going in from the wrong answer. The first one's gonna, the first one will kind of keep you involved, right? Yes, we could do that. Okay, great. The thing I said is not factually wrong. Now let's talk about how we can do it. Yes, we can do that if we do this. Sounds good. Uh, if they say, no, we can't do that. They're shutting you down. They're saying, you don't know what you're talking about, but allow me to educate you. But if we were to do this or that, maybe we could. It's simple things like that. Um, just changing the way that they kind of like phrase things is really important uh, because one is saying that they're on your side. They're kind of want to help ad advocate for you. Uh, and the other one just kind of says that they, uh, they want to make sure that they are the smartest person in the room. Uh, nothing's really black and white. Kind of when I said, most things are some things are black and white in the, in the tax code. Many things are very gray, or it depends. Depends on your situation. And so when you're dealing with a CPA, make sure you have someone that's willing to hear your side before they just shut you down. Uh, someone who's just not quick to say no. Someone who's willing to say, okay, yes, we could definitely make these things work. And we just need to orient these things this way. And if it doesn't work out, they say, okay, look, it looks like we don't have that option available to us unless we changed a lot of things or unless your business was different. Because sometimes the answer does eventually become no, that's okay. But starting from a place of how can we make this work is a little better than uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the answer is no. And that's just something, to be quite honest, that I've been kind of learning myself throughout the years is make sure that I, I am on my, my client's side initially. I am always on their side, but sometimes the way you answer can really come off and just shut people down. They're like, he doesn't, he doesn't want to work with me on this. And you know what? It's it's true. Words have words have impact. And so make sure you have someone that is uh is listening to the things you have to say first. Just good sales, man. That's just yeah. good sales. Yeah. yeah. I think it's good sales, but it's also pointing to the fact that you're going to the reason why, why they're asking that question. Instead of just saying no, right? Like if somebody was like, Hey, should I buy sixteen cars for my business as write offs? I mean, maybe not the most logical thing to add, but there's maybe, yeah, there might be a deeper reason for why they're asking that question. I think right. what you said is pretty insightful to say, hey, I mean, tell me why you're wanting to do that. I don't necessarily know if that's the best strategy, but let's talk through it. It's similar to me as like what a doctor or a really good doctor does. 
in my opinion. Like, oh, this hurts, and I really want this medicine. They just come to the patient room and they tell you that, and you're like, I can't, can't just sign off on this right away or just give you an answer. Like, tell me more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I do. So, for your own, I guess, practice, and I've as you've built it so far, you've been able to gain a lot of traction, as you've already mentioned on social media channels, Instagram, and TikTok, but you've done a great job in building that with what you just described already, which is a more intentional, honest approach to people and their tax planning or whatever they might need from uh, accountant or CPA wise. But you've also, you haven't named names and I don't want you to do that now. So you don't have to, but you have, uh, you've gotten a really good way of, in my opinion, growing the audience by taking questions that people ask you in comments and then making videos about those. Mm. And the questions, I know there's plenty that have targeted accounts of like, hey, is this like legit tax advice or is this tax fraud or something like that? But you've been able to spit it so you're not attacking the person in that video, which is really good because that's super honorable (laughs) integrity path, if I could say that. But you do it in a way that's hey, that's, you know, if it's some statement of like, you can do this and then you get the write-off. You do a great job of explaining that in your videos. Is there a reason why you think, hey, all those questions in the comments or something was a good idea to start making videos on A, more content, or B, it just helped, or why did you start doing that? You mean, uh, do you mean in particular where like when people tag me in a video and I respond specifically to a video? Yeah. Yes. So the reason why, you know, honestly, I was very hesitant for the first year to actually respond directly to people uh, because I don't, I don't like to argue. I don't like uh, being combative. I don't um, yeah. like confrontation, to be quite honest. I'm very passive. I'm an accountant. Um, and, you know, I, I realized like, okay, if I'm going to respond, I want to respond in a way that gives some, you know, credence to the person whatever they're saying like just gives them a little bit of an out saying like maybe they didn't mean to say it this way maybe they're just missing the context and all of this um because I, I don't want to put someone down that doesn't help it doesn't yeah. honestly it doesn't help them see my point either and sometimes i want them to be educated by it sometimes they're just it doesn't matter. they're not, they're not going to take my advice anyways um but Mostly, I want to make it so that when people look at my video, they don't see me necessarily bashing a person. They see me maybe bashing an idea. Uh, I'm more than happy to bash a dumb idea, um, but not the person himself because, yes, yeah, not what we're called to do. We're not called to uh, to insult people and things like that. That doesn't that doesn't. It's not a good witness to do so, anyways. But yeah, uh, to to be quite honest, I I just I do my best, and I I hope that it does come off that way that I'm not trying to bash the person, um, but that I am trying to just explain where their thinking is wrong as to not allow other people to be led down a a bad path of thinking. One of the biggest problems that I see is people will say something like, uh, I was able to write off this car or something like that, right? Um, it's the biggest thing. I was able to I was able to fully depreciate this car and stuff like that. And I, I will generally read the comments and see like how are they defending themselves sometimes. Uh, sometimes comments are just I don't even like to. But I will read, I'll be like, okay, how are they defending themselves? And a lot of times it's like, well, nah, I did it. It was legit. My accountant told me like all these kind of things. Okay. Th- what they did was correct. They just don't understand why it was correct. And unfortunately, because they decided that they think they understand, they're going to tell other people how it works. And a lot of those people that see his those videos, his, hers, whatever, whoever's videos, don't have an accountant to be able to provide the context that they so need. They prepare their own taxes. And so they're going to take this advice and they're going to go do it themselves. And that's, oh, that's where, that's where I'm like, oh, that's where I'm irked. And that's where I want to make sure I correct the video. It's for those people who don't have an accountant to send that video to and say, is this legit? Uh, you know, don't have that accountant where they can go to and be like, I heard about this tax strategy. Is this something I can do or how can I do it? And then the accountant can explain it to them. It's for those people because that's a lot of people. Most people self-prepare. A lot of Schedule C self-prepare. A lot of people get the advice online to say, oh, I got to just go open up an LLC I have a business. I'm going to write off my car. And you're so quick to be audited. You're self-prepared. You're already on the chopping block for the IRS to audit you. You file a Schedule C with huge losses. You're huge red flags for the IRS to audit you. You do this for multiple years. You you are going to be audited. It is going to hurt. And so it's like, oh, 
I understand that these people have the best intentions on telling people like how they were able to get these deductions. They want everyone to be, uh, they want everyone to be able to utilize the tax code and things like that. That's great. But if you don't understand it, you're just going to lead people down the exact wrong path because you just have, I just have sheep leading sheep at this point. That was, uh, that was not a good idea. So that's, that's where I try to, I try to come from a place of downplaying their idea rather than the person. Now, sometimes there are people who purvey such bad information that eventually their character does come into play. Um, and, and I don't like to bash their character, but it is to say, you should probably stop listening to this person. Uh, they're just probably not worth your time uh, listening to them. They, they have nothing good to sell you. So, Yeah, no, and you're exactly right. I mean, you're not bashing them. It's not a target or an attack that you do in any of your videos, which I commend you on because I'm short-tempered. And if I kept seeing somebody, like in financial advising, so that financial advice, huge, like uh, can't even get into the weeds of it on social media or make maybe certain posts because it can be misconstrued in a certain way. But it just seems like any anyone and everyone can say something tax advice wise, and that's not good. Like, and you're right. There's some certain people and characters, and it's funny they always have courses or they're a guru of some sort, and there's some other thing there, and it just looks that. You know, I'm driving a brand new giant over 5,000 pound vehicle, which is the qualification. And then I say smart things like section 179 or whatever it is in the tax code. Yeah. And then they're just, they can say things like that and get a million likes and it's for clout in my yeah. opinion. And then they get, and then they get to, they get to hide behind their lack of expertise. Like, oh, I, I'm not an accountant. That's a problem. Right. Yeah. It's like the, I, what Connor was almost when I thought he was going to go is the same thing I think with CPAs and financial advisors, which is like the actual smart people that know what's going on can't say anything because they know enough to know that there's liability mm. behind them saying things. And it's like, oh man, yeah. I throw advice there, but I can't. <laughs> there's thousands and I see them because I think, I don't know, my social media algorithms know that I'm in finance. But day traders or people that are just, oh, I'm going to option trade and here's what you should do. And this is the three stocks that you should look for. And this is what you should buy going into 2024. I'm like, you can't say that. <laughs> this is so bad. If you were, you know, Logan Paul and all these other people got in trouble for it because they did that with some securities and then crypto. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's a messy, messy deal. But if you're a guy with 10,000 followers, it's honestly nothing you're not going to get in trouble but you'll grow fast and then it right we'll go delete that video after a few months but it's so infuriating the worst part is is mostly because people be, people will hide behind the fact that they aren't the expert in it and so they're like oh well i you know i'm, I'm not a cpa i'm not a financial advisor yeah right uh, you know they'll say not now tax advice then don't give it that you shouldn't be giving it <laughs> No, but if I don't say this, then I don't get 30,000 followers. What are you talking about? I need to say this. I know. I, 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 I love it. And that's why, again, I could post my videos without context and they'd probably go pretty viral. I, I understand how to make viral videos. I've yeah. I've made a few myself. My wife does social media marketing. For, she does that for, I understand how it works, but I understand that if I don't give a little bit of nuance, a little a little bit of hedge around the things I'm saying, I'm in trouble for the things I just said. So I I always hedge most of the things I say with, you could go a different way. And I, I do love when people try and be like, well, that's not true if you add this or that in there. Yeah, yeah. If I change the situation, it would be a different answer. I, what are you talking about? The thing I said in the specific example I gave, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Comment warriors. Yeah, I was going to ask you if it was really your idea to do the social media marketing for the CPA firm or if if with the masters in marketing who teaches marketing had something to play with that, something in play there. And she was like, show more of your shoulders. Actually, <laughs> to be quite honest, she will not help me with my social media. Interesting. Now, she's like, well, are you going to pay me? I'm like, it's all going to us. <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I glean a lot of things from her, no doubt. Like we actually started, we did, we were deep in the Disney community on Instagram. Uh, from the Disney video? No, 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 no. Uh, 
we used to go to Disney. You can actually look at, if you look at my Instagram, you go to Crop CPA, Crop the CPA, my Instagram. I actually have all my alt accounts, which I have Nick, the Disney Nick. Um, we have the Disney Crops and we have Nick and Leet. We, Nick and Leet is our Disney inspired apparel brand. And then the Disney Crops is our uh, Disney account for our family. And then I have the Disney Nick, which was my Disney account for me. And mm. uh, we used to go to Disney uh, at least once a quarter. Again, I live in Maryland, so we would travel down to Florida. We got a annual- Good for you. Disney was great. Disney, it was fantastic. Then we had our second child and COVID hit at the same time. And so we just didn't really get back down. It's hard to get your parents to watch both of the kids rather, you know, for multiple days. Because we don't take our kids with us that much to Disney. We are Disney yeah. adults. Adult playground. Of course. <laughs> right. You, you get it. Yeah. yeah, me and my family go, no kids. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. It's 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 honestly great. Uh lo- love Disney. Um, and so we started social media and stuff like that. That's where I actually learned a lot of I would not get behind a camera. I was the only one to take pictures. I was not willing to get behind like a video or anything like that. I started getting comfortable with stories, things like that from there. That's what led into me giving it a chance with TikTok. Once TikTok came out and it was like, okay, I could be a lot less polished. Like I can just be kind of off the cuff. Instagram required posh, required you to look the best. And I was like, hey, that's so much work uh, to do that all the time. I'm like, TikTok allows me to just be whatever the heck I want. It doesn't really matter. Just yeah, make it. Yeah, up, film. Yeah, just make it sloppy, right? And the, that that's, that's how it's going to work. So I like that, that it kind of got me into it. And then uh, honestly, I just kept on trying stuff. Uh, and she, she would give me, she would reinforce some of the things like, Hey, you got to be posting these this many times, things like that. Uh, yeah, I've, I found all of my videos were my own original idea. Um, went to her chagrin on some, uh, the, I did a lot of my beginning videos, tank tops all the time. That was supposed to be my shtick. I was just going to make that. I was like, that'll be my thing. I'll just be a jacked accountant. Right. So that way, you know, lean into that harder. Right, you praise, do it. Well, then I very few. Very few. And then I, I just, I just stopped because I was like, I don't need to do this anymore. I have, I have plenty of people. I don't need to try and, because you know, if you know this, if you're a man on social media, no woman will ever reach out to you on social media to give you praise or to try and get in your DMs. No woman slides into your DMs. It's only dudes. Only dudes will slide into your DMs. So I knew if I go with a tank top, I'll gain all the men. Uh, that want to follow me uh, because we all just respect, you know, like, hey, looking good, bro. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying all of them were, were like, uh, you know, people trying to, uh, to uh, bed me. These were just like dudes, like bros, like, hey, man, you're looking pretty good. So, you know, and that's we why. Did thing. We did thing. <laughs> all right. You were, you were a certified personal trainer. So you realize this. Oh, yeah. For sure. At a certain point of weightlifting and working out, you're not doing it for, your girls or even a spouse or your wife it is literally at a point just for dudes to say like oh yeah <laughs> nice that's it <laughs> you're good <laughs> there's nothing your bro telling you that you're looking good oh my what a yeah. uh, All right well no, that's funny man well i gotta know what's the what's what's the top uh what's the top uh crop top crop disney prop uh, wow! I, uh, what's Disney. the what's the Disney property you stay at? Where you like to stay? Mm-hmm. I'll stay in a hotel, or do y'all stay at any of the on property resorts? We always stay. If we're gonna stay, we're gonna stay on property because that's where yeah. the magic is. Um, it is where the magic is. Dude, the magic show up in your room, dude. It's the magic. it's the best. It, it really is. Uh, Grand Flow. Me and Alita love going to Grand Flow. My w- wife's name is Alita. Uh, that's our that's our spot. We have more than once, uh, I think twice, gotten inside the main building of the Grand Flow. One time we went in, we were supposed to have like an outer building for yeah. for the Grand Floridian. And uh, they're like, you know, hey, your room actually got taken, but we'll get you in another place. And they got us inside the main building. I was like, with like, with Castle View, I was like, this is insane, dude. That's pretty sweet, man. I, I know. Pretty sweet. Okay. Yeah. What about, what about you? What's your, what's your, uh, what's your spot? Man. I've been to all of them except for the uh, uh, starts with a C. It's like a Con- random contemporary. Contemporary, yeah, the contemporary. The lodge, the one that's not even attached to all of the all of the yeah. rail system. Yeah, I don't even remember what it is. is it by outdoor lodge or the something or another. And wilderness, the wilderness lodge, I think. Yeah, the wilderness lodge. That had the best food. Then the Polynesian, just because the Polynesian school. Mm. Floridian's nice. All my sisters love the Floridian. I mean, it's like it's okay. I'm not a task. It's fancy, man. It's fancy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
anyway, that's cool, man. That's very cool. Hey, you yeah. guys should just cut me out of this and start a Disney Sorry, <laughs> This is great. Connor's obviously not a Disney guy. He's obviously not there. Dude, don't you say that. I got the pre-order of Disney Plus and locked myself in for, you know, lifetime Disney Plus at like a month. That was yep. the investment I've ever made. Absolutely. Right? That's wealth building right there. So that is pretty <laughs> third somewhere, Braden. And I started with Disney Plus. Well, there's the advice. There's the advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I got one more for you, Nick. Um, and then we can kind of wrap up, but for obviously a lot of your audience and like what you've been able to build, I'm really interested to know you made a ton of videos and then you saw, I don't know, a legit lead come through. Let's call it somebody said a Calendly appointment or mm -hmm. whatever reached out what did that feel like and then what does it look like today like this month like how many people are you talking to yeah the, the funniest thing was if we go back to what i was talking about earlier i was just starting it because i told my dad again that was my partner in my business yeah we really had we had the admin person that was the only other employee we had i was like look i'm going to post on social media post on tiktok he's like what's that gonna do is that gonna get you any clients i was like i it's just for sphere of influence i just need to get some videos and then I, I got one video that got like 18,000 views at the beginning. It was like, it was my first big one. I, I had over 10,000 views. It was great. Um, you know, it was, it was really cool. And I got to like a thousand followers and a lead came in. And I was like, all right, Bob, here we go. Look at that. Um, it actually resulted in a lead. I was like, well, that was unexpected. And I got like, I got like three or four leads in that, in that it was like 2020 when I, when I hadn't quite tried. At that point, I was kind of posting very inconsistently. I got some leads. I was like, huh, there's something to this, right? And I still hadn't hit the hit the pedal to the metal at that point. And then once I really started posting, the leads started to kind of come in. I was like, okay, this there's like there's legit traction to this. Uh, and in 2022, once I'd hit about that 10K mark, and then next year I was I was really uh, leaning into it, I probably talked with 150 to 200 people uh, within that year, all leads from social media. And I got a lot of leads also, like from a lead I got on social media, referred me 15 other people. And I still have some guys that uh, I work with that I work with them and they are like a, one of them, like a personal trainer coach. He coaches personal trainers. I have so many personal trainers, online fitness coaches that are my clients because he referred a ton of people to me. Um, and then it's also resulted in like some other, like a uh, financial advisor I was working with. He kind of got into like a, an advisory type, uh, like planning business structure, like task planning kind of business. They refer me all their clients cause they don't have any CPAs in their firm. So they, they refer me like a lot of people, things like that. So like one lead resulted in a lot of others. Uh, but right now pretty much I would say every week there's a, there's a good chance of, uh, anywhere from five to 10 people that all. I could potentially be on a call with. Uh, I know that if I post a lot more, I'll get a lot more leads, but I actually don't need all the leads right now. We have about, uh, we, we purchased a firm last year, Cornerstone Accounting uh, in 2022, which had about 2000 plus clients. So we have probably about 2,500 to 3000 clients right now. We have a lot. Um, I'm, I'm kind of washing out some of the older underbilled kind of clientele right now. So we're not a capacity or anything like that, but I know that I don't need to put that panel to the metal at this point in time. I could I could garner a lot of leads from it. Um, but that plus Instagram uh, lead to a lot of uh, people that contact me all the time. So it's it's a crazy thing uh, to know that I basically have this lead source. Again, I, I was in real estate before, so everything I had to do for leads was Zillow or Realtor.com. It was I had to pay for these leads. The leads had to come in. I had to call them right away. And there is a 50% chance they'll talk to me. And then there is a 50% chance they'll use me to go look at a house. And there's a 50% chance we'll keep looking for houses. And then maybe we'll write an offer. That's brutal. Uh, now I, I have this lead source where, honestly, I could go a week without posting and I'll still get leads that come through because TikTok cycles videos forever. Um, so it's... It's an incredible thing for sure. Uh, I feel blessed every day by it. I, I, I'm glad I put in a lot of hard work and I don't want to, you know, ever let up necessarily because I put in a lot of hard work on this, but uh, 
right now that's why I'm kind of focusing also on YouTube, more long form videos. And my goal is to get to a thousand followers or subscribers on YouTube by the end of the year. And I had one video blow up on there. It's at like 50 some thousand views. And so now I'm at 902 subscribers, 903 subscribers. So I'm getting close. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. All right, man. Yeah, thanks. I, I looked at it the other day. You weren't that high. And much of it. Yeah, it was like uh, 800 something. So it's jumped. Yeah. Uh, I guess pretty recently. That's awesome. Yeah. One last, one last final question before we close. It's one that's been itching my ear since the very beginning. What are the operating margins on a gun range? Ooh. Well, really the question is what are the operating, what, what are the margins on each individual product? Because it actually is varying uh, wildly. So within a gun range, it actually, what you hope your model is, is all memberships, because that's obviously 100% yeah. margin, right? I want all the memberships. That was usually, that's the model that we kind of built this on or that my brother built uh, his, his range on. Uh, didn't really result in that. Uh, the second highest margin is typically going to be uh, it's like random merchandise, stuff like that, but people don't buy a lot of that, like targets and stuff like that. They cost a buck, but they cost us 10 cents. Right? There's a huge margins, but eh. um, our apparel could be, well, our apparel could be great, um, but they don't really press that hard enough. I'm like, ah, man, there's such a great opportunity there. Uh, but your ammo is usually at about 40 to 45%. That's, that's pretty good, okay. right? Guns, guns. 20% maybe. We don't make much on guns at all. People think like guns, that's where you make the money. Nope. Uh, if we could if we could just sell ammo and merchandise and rentals, be killing it. But you got to sell guns. And guns yeah. are they take the most of your time and you don't make you make the lowest margin on them. Kind of sucks. They probably are the highest volume unit out yeah. there. I mean, or sorry, not highest volume, highest uh, highest price unit, so the lower margins are yeah. okay. You still make you make money and stuff like that, but like it takes a lot to churn them. Uh, ammo is really the thing you want to sell. You you want to sell that. Uh, you want to sell memberships and ammo. If you could sell those two things, you'd be you'd be great. But sometimes, like 2020, 2021, getting ammo. Oh my! We had to order from like, I swear, it was like Ukraine or something like that at one point in time. We went through some crazy channels to find some well-priced ammo. It was it was pretty crazy, and they were. It was kind of like the war dogs, maybe. You weren't sure if these were actually going to yeah. like... Yeah, <laughs> he's going to fire, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> How many questions am I allowed to ask about this? Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll stop there. That sounds great. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Nick, man, we appreciate having you on. This has been awesome, awesome. Um, very insightful. I know there's probably going to be a lot of Q&As, but uh, if you guys want to follow him, it's Nick the CPA on TikTok. I got it wrong first time. Then Crop the CPA on instagram mm -hmm. that's it come on that's it yeah go guys go f subscribe to his youtube channel is it the same youtube handle nick, yeah nick the cpa on youtube as well yeah go subscribe right now if you get them to a thousand we'll each pay you nothing because you get a lot of value from it so go do it <laughs> all right nick. awesome guys